Hey, today we are talking all about this silent vacation that I took this weekend with my husband. And oh my gosh, it was just such a beautiful life-giving moment, except for when it wasn't because my crushing vacation anxiety came in and I was convinced that I would never sleep again. Um, Yes, it was that traumatic. Yes, my husband turned over to me and asked if we needed to just call it quits and go home because I couldn't handle the silence. Um, (laughs) We've come so far. Gosh, I was so certain that I was ready for this silence. I was so ready for it. And it was crushing. And it wasn't just silence. Like this was like, no. I promise you have never experienced silence like this. Um, Maybe you have, but I have not. And it was like next level. And as someone who meticulously picks apart sounds and noises, you can be certain that every single sound was some sort of form of mass murder that was coming to get me or I don't know I played out about a hundred different scenarios and right that's my anxiety that's definitely vacation anxiety for me I think it's we talk about that today on the podcast and I don't know I don't know how we survived this moment, like how I finally fell asleep. Um, but I do talk about what I did to escape this anxiety and to finally get some rest. Like my whole shoulders were cramped up. I was just so tight and scared and anxious and worried and all the things. And we survived. We did. And so I'm talking about that today and just you know, anxiety in general. Um, but really like, I think some of the mounting anxiety was also that I had done so much mental work, so much focus on my head and my head spaces and my intention and my presence. And so then that was an added layer too. Like I'm just pissed at myself. Like really we're back here you asked for this. Come on. Right. And that wasn't helping either. So we're talking through all of that and just the struggles of silence and anxiety and the spaces our heads go. Hey, welcome to the death of a dream podcast. You know, this whole journey, the entirety of this work really was based on this idea that I had shown up in life feeling fine, feeling just fine about my life. And I had decided that fine wasn't good enough, that I wanted more. And more than anything, I decided that I wanted to live life on my terms for the first time ever. And season one, the very beginning of this podcast, of this daily journal podcast of what a journey out of that place looks like, 
Season one really explores a ton of different paths to what was meant to be my destiny. And now we're moving into season two and there have been twists and turns that I could have never expected starting this a year ago. Starting to just show up and ask questions. And if you want to start all the way back in season one, you can start there. If you're starting a journey, it's a great place. There's a lot of exploratory vision work that happens. There's just a lot of movement through understanding myself better and understanding what I even wanted my terms to be. Now that we're moving into season two, this really becomes sort of the coaching portion of walking, walking that dream taking those first steps, some of the things that might happen to you, some of the things that have happened to me as I explore and move into this new path. And so it's really just meant to walk along with you. If you ever needed someone to hold your hand, you ever needed a community to support you changing and challenging and growing, that's what we're here for. We're here five days a week to help you keep growing. That's what the Death of a Dream podcast is all about. We're so grateful that you're here. Hey, welcome to the Death of a Dream podcast, where we just party all the time. Just kidding. We're not partying. Okay, Uh, let's dive into our greatness grounding. We do it every day. I can't say enough things about it. So my great thing from, oh, let's see. Okay. No, really. I really thought about this one actually yesterday when it happened. So I had dropped my daughter off to play in a volleyball clinic. And I had gone in, dropped her off. I had to return the rental car because we went on a trip this weekend. And the coach comes out and he's like, hey, my coach just canceled on me. And I used to coach volleyball. So this isn't a rare thing. Like once in a while, people will need help out and I can step in and toss balls and whatever. Like I'm qualified, okay? Not just your average parent sitting on the sideline who played in high school. Like I, I have a resume in this. So he steps out and he's like, Hey, can you step in and help coach? I don't know if you have plans. And instantly, instantly my head went to, no, I have to return the rental car. And right. Like you're going, Oh, wow. That's a great thing. Okay. But here's why in the past, that ego moment would have completely subsided every responsibility that I had, right? I would have been like, oh my gosh, someone wants me to coach. They think that I'm good enough to coach at this clinic. Like this is a big deal. And then I would have just forgot everything that I had to do, right? The ego was fed and she gets out of control quickly, let me tell you. And so that that truly, like that would have been the thing. And then I would have barely gotten the car back or I would have not gotten it back at all. And I would have just like went all in for someone else and for my ego. And I would have forgot everything else. And 
this time it was different. This is the first time that this has ever happened when I've been asked something like this. And my instant thought was like, yes, I can. But I have to do this first. And I was like, you know, it'll take me about a half hour to 45 minutes and then I would be happy to help you. And they were just fine with that. And then I came back and I came in and I helped. But that was it. Like, that was the first time that my first thought was myself and my own needs versus my ego and someone else's needs. And that's a big deal. That's a huge shift for me. And even as someone who's been trying to check her ego, it hasn't been automatic. It's been like a second thought where I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Curb ego, curb ego, right? Because my first ego thought would have been yes, 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 all day long. Please, 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 please tell me I exist. Please recognize me. Please want more from me. That would have been my first thought. And yesterday was the really the first time that my first thought was myself period. What do I need to do? Not what does my ego want to do? What needs to be fed? No, it was like, I have this to do. I'd be happy to help you, but I come first, period. And that is a huge freaking shift. And I felt so pumped up about it. And I realized like, that's it. That's, that's where we all need to get. Like, what is that service first? And it's not a selfish move. Like it is self love. You have to put yourself first and the things that you need in order to get what you want out of this world. Right. And that seems so counterintuitive to what we're taught growing up. Right. And for me, it wasn't even a self love thing as much as it was a curbing of ego thing, because the second the second that someone would start to kind of pat my ego, I would just throw everything aside, like dump it all off the bridge, forget about all of that. Like someone is, someone's paying attention to me, thinking I'm important, going to go ahead and like promote that I'm some sort of prestigious person in this world. Okay, goodbye life. This is what I do now. And it wasn't like that yesterday. And that definitely is the first time that that's happened. It wasn't a, a second thought like, Hannah, pause, pause, pause. Hold on. Is this your ego running wild? Or is this you? And is this something that you want? And that's a conscious shift that I had to make. And finally, it was automatic yesterday, but that it hasn't been, <laughs> it hasn't ever been before. And it's been a conscious work and struggle right? Work in progress. So that's my great thing. Go ahead and take time for yourself. Recognize yourself for your greatness. You can't do anything else before you start your day, before you end your day, like make this a part of who you are and what you practice. Okay. So let's dive all the way in. This weekend, I did a blog post about seeking silence and I'm on my way and like ideas and thoughts are just flowing as they commonly do anytime that I travel. Um, there's something about removing ties 
that just opens up my mental spaces. Then I needed that for kind of a writing workshop for writing space. Um, We're about three chapters away from finishing the book. And so I just really needed to sit in a space of silence where I could really wrap my thoughts around where we end the book and kind of where we go from here, but really the end of the book and what we want to do. So my husband and I took this weekend. We also just wanted to go explore. We wanted to go stay in this super cool tent that I had found. And so we just decided that we were going to go away for the weekend. It was probably the last opportunity that we had before holidays and Christmas and then winter. And so it was just kind of like, we are going to need this weekend before life gets a little bit crazier than it has been. And so let's take this moment of silence and go. And so we did. And I blogged about how I'm seeking silence and how amazing it's going to be to just be out there in the the wilderness, under the stars, with the the nature and the things. And maybe there are animals. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm so here for it. Like silence, smoking hot man, here we go. This is the life I'm supposed to live. I am so here for it. He's going to like build a fire with kindling. Is it kindling? Anyways, he's going to build a fire. That's going to be a smoking sexy thing. Like I'm here for it. Let's go here. Let's do this weekend thing. Yes. Repeat. Okay. And so we're driving out there. I'm typing the blog. I'm like seeking silence. I always chase mountains. This is an amazing thing, which I did have kind of an epiphany epiphany moment. (laughs) I did have an epiphany moment when I'm driving out there and I'm like, why do I always go to the mountains? Like, why are these mountains calling to me? What is the deal with these mountains? Why do these feel so freeing? Why is this space so open and glorious to me? And I realized that like, maybe the physical space that mountains take up, allow me to tear down mountains that hold me back, like in my mind, right? Because that's where I build up the biggest mountains of like, oh, girl, you want to go do that? Oh, yeah, I'm gonna build up these big old tall mountains are bigger than any mountain you'll ever see. And something about being outside, something about seeing the looming mountains in the distance just like breaks everything down in my mind, makes it an easier space for me to think and dream and write and speak and go, right? So we're going to the mountains, people. And we have found mountains that are within driving distance. And if you've listened to this podcast before, you probably know, and if you don't, now you do, you probably know that there is some sort of weird Midwest type idea that you can drive anywhere in a car. And if you can, then you should. And you should definitely pile everyone that you know in said vehicle and drive to the distance. For some reason, this is how I was raised. This is what we were taught. Like, that's the best part of vacation. You drive. 
And it's not that we probably couldn't just fly. Um, like, that's just what you do when you go on vacation, the road trip. <laughs> I think it's a Midwest thing. It might be an everywhere thing. But here specifically, like, we drove everywhere. And by everywhere, I mean, we went on all of two vacations that I can actually remember. And we went like, it wasn't like, oh, you went to Disneyland or you went to some resort. Like we stayed at our aunt's house. Maybe we have one rich aunt and not even probably rich. We have one aunt that lives in Florida. <laughs> and we had like a barely put together um, cabin on a lake in Minnesota of my great grandpa's. But like, we only went there twice, but both times we drove. And the Florida trip, like that's a very long way from Iowa, but we still drove. That was the only, that's what you do. You drive on vacations. And now I love driving places. Honestly, it's probably my favorite part of the trip. We get in, we sing, we listen to amazing music. Like it's all a part of it. So we have found mountains within driving distance. And so we will likely take up some sort of residence there at some point, like have a house there, have a vacation house. I don't know, but trust these mountains. But this is what I'll say. So we're going out there. We're seeking all the silence. I'm here for it. I'm ready for it. Mentally, I'm like, we're just in this better place. This is going to be great. My husband and I are going to talk. It's just going to be this beautiful, right? As you imagine, it's this beautiful tent. We're outdoors. We're like living our best life. We're having some sort of romantic experience because of all the silence and all the things. And so this is what I'm envisioning in my head. It's a beautiful moment. You can imagine. Dramatic pause. And so I take all the videos. It is like we're right by a creek and it's just like a bubbling creek. You can just hear the water running over all the little rocks and, and it's beautiful. And if you caught my stories, you could have seen some of it. Um, it's amazing. It's as amazing as promised. And so then I'm getting even more excited. Like the pictures don't even do it justice. It's just this beautiful experience. And it's so quiet and so freeing. And we go to dinner and we come back and it's starting to get dark and you turn on like the twinkle lights in the tent and you're just like in this moment. And then it gets quiet. And by quiet, I mean, like, I've never experienced quietness like this before. Like, there's always all the quiets that I've experienced before have, like, have a furnace going in the background or a fan or just, like, there's something. There's some noise. There's cars in the off distance. There's anything. But this. This was completely different. This wasn't the type of silence that I am accustomed to. This is different silence. This is silence. This is like HD silence. 
Okay. This is like high def. This is, I can hear every single thing. And here's the thing. While that's beautiful, while I can literally hear and pick out the different kinds of rocks that the crick is flowing over, while this is a beautiful thing, this is not a beautiful thing for someone who has like severe travel anxiety. Okay. Like I have anxiety, but the level of anxiety that I experience when on vacation is like next heights. Okay. And I don't know because at the same time, it's so freeing and so beautiful and so moving. And it always comes with sleeping, right? My mind runs away. And I think it might just be like the amount of relaxation that I experience during the day that my mind goes into overdrive at night because it's almost like, whoa, sis, we can't, we're not allowed to think this way, to think so freely, to be so open. And so this is very much a, a, (laughs) a new growth for me of like, how do we release this anxiety? And I know that it'll never go away, but how, how do we free ourselves from this? Because my anxiety common day to day has gotten a lot lower. Um, and yeah, duh, like I left my job. I'm doing things that I really enjoy now. So I think a lot of it comes from there. But like vacation anxiety, I think fully comes from this place of relaxation. And then when I have the moment to like further that relaxation place, I think my mind just goes, whoa, we can't, no, we can't do that. We, we, we can't do that. We're not going to do that. Okay. Here are all the instances of how you could be stolen in this moment. Cause certainly someone knows that you're here and they're going to come through your tent or When we were on vacation in Mexico, I was certain that there was some sort of tracking device that was put in a bracelet that we received on the beach. And so they were going to come and track us down and put us into some Mexican cartel. And we were certainly going to get stolen. No question. We were like on this corner, the corner of the edge of the resort, like this was going to happen. There really was no doubt in my mind. And I would play it out nightly every single night. And I did not sleep on our entire week's vacation. One night I slept and that was just because I got myself drunk enough to pass out. And it was just to escape the mounting anxiety. Plus then I start to play out like, what are my kids doing? What's happening? What if this happens? What if this happens? Like not only are we playing out the cartel ring that I'm about to be a part of, we're also playing out the fact that my children aren't with me. And so like, I can't even think straight. I'm not sleeping at this point. So then you can imagine the anxiety grows every night. And then I start to like, not want darkness. So as I'm laying there, under this beautiful tent, under these twinkling lights, under this silence that I have seeked. And sister, did I get it? Wow. So I'm sitting under the HD silence. I'm hearing the babbling brook. I'm all for it. And I start to think about how someone's certainly going to come and steal me. And then every single little noise, because I can hear, 
every single little noise. Every single little noise is like, oh my gosh, is that a badger? Oh my gosh, is that a bear? Oh my gosh, is that some man who has found this tent, who has stumbled upon it, coming down from the mountains, coming down to just certainly feast on human flesh? Certainly they are. They can get into this tent. This tent is not locked. Why is this tent not locked? I should definitely email the owner. Let's talk about this tent. Why is this tent not locked? Don't you have people who are worried about that? Shouldn't you lock it? No, Hannah, they shouldn't lock it. It certainly wouldn't ever happen. You need to stop thinking about that. Okay, I'm not going to think about anyone stealing me. Okay, what about my kids? What are they doing? What if they get in an accident when they're there? Like, what if we get in an accident on our way home? Like, what would they do? What is our will? Where are they going? We haven't even decided where our children are going. You understand how this works. Like, this is how children end up homeless and no one wants them. And like, what if they go with my mom, but then my mom is going to be responsible for taking them to like my husband's side of family things. And that's going to be awkward. And, and then like... How do they still go to his side if they're living with my side? Maybe it would be better if they just go with friends. Maybe they should go with one of our friends, but then our friends have to become a part of both of our family networks. And do they even want that responsibility? Like who's going to take these kids if if we would get in an accident on our way home or we get stolen and we get put into some sort of sex trafficking ring? You know that happens. And you know what? Actually, come to think of it, South Dakota is one of the top sex trafficking rings. Like certainly we're going to get taken. Oh my gosh. Why did we even stay here? Why would we even rent this tent? Have we gone insane? Over and over and over on repeat for about three hours. My mind is going through all of these instances of insane things and it's all coming from the silence. And then I just start to get really mad at myself because I'm just like, you imposter. You wrote up this blog on silence and how important silence is. And look at you. Look at you. Just sitting here avoiding silence. You are an imposter. So then I'm like, no, you have grown, Hannah. You have grown mentally. You are stronger than this moment. Let's think about exercises that we have used at home to strengthen your mind, to move your mind, to stay in control of your thoughts. What have you done? And then my mind instantly went to meditation and the practices that I've been trying to implement at home. And this is like calling on this huge because I can't sleep at this point. My husband rolled over at one point and he's like, Hannah, do we just call it quits? We, I just, we could just go stay at a hotel. I totally understand. Right. And I'm not saying anything to him, but I think he can feel the anxiety radiating from me because literally, hopefully you could feel the anxiety of what my thoughts were. (laughs) for the past three minutes of me listing off all of the certain deaths that we were about to endure. (laughs) And it's like, it's laughable now, but right in that moment, I was just suffering, suffering in the silence. And so after he said that, I'm just like, no, I'm not an imposter. I know that I've been working on this. I know that I'm strong enough to be here. I know that this is something that I've asked for. Like, start practicing the things that you're talking about, Hannah. 
you can do this. So I start to meditate and really call my mind in back from the place that it's at. And I need somewhere to center my mind. And I know that this works because this is a practice that I use um, when I gave birth to Baylor, my second child. Um, I was committed to doing that all natural. And I really had to center my mind on anything other than the pain that I was experiencing. And so in my mind here, I start to think about the the pain of the anxiety and the racing of my mind. Okay. I'm trying to escape that. And so I need to recenter myself on something other than that. So I start to center myself on counting and I start to focus my mind. And every time that I would get really into the meditation space, all of a sudden there would be a louder noise than I had experienced before. So like I would hear the babbling of the crick. I would start to like center my mind and start to drown out all of that. And then all of a sudden, like a huge gust of wind would come down from the hills and just shake our tent. And I would just be like, nope, that's someone trying to distract you. That's someone trying to tell you that you're not strong enough to do this. You're strong enough. You can fight this. You can battle this anxiety. You can escape this place mentally. Keep going. And so it sounded like this. Okay, Hannah, you're going to set your intention on the number. and You're going to count down from 10. You're going to count all the way down to one. And so I'd be like 10. And I wouldn't allow my mind to go anywhere but on the number 10. And I could see it in a million different ways. I could see it physically represented in my mind. I could think about the number 10. I could think about how I was saying the number 10. It would just always be focused on 10. And if my mind would escape from that number 10, as I set that intention, I would have to start over. But my mind was only allowed to think about the number 10. And I would take, I would say the number 10. I would set that intention, 10. I would take a deep breath and I would blow it out. And then I could move my intention to the number nine. And I would take a deep breath and I would blow it out. And the whole time I'm only thinking about that number. That's the only intention about where my mind was allowed to go to that number nine. Okay, and then we're moving to the number eight all the way down to one. And I can remember getting, I don't actually ever remember getting past eight. Seven, I can remember getting to seven and then I would finally fall asleep. And then I would wake up, right? Some big noise would happen. Something would happen. I'd get scared. I'd go back to that anxiety place where I'm certain that there's some sort of mass serial killer coming down from the mountains, coming down to get me or any given thing. Um, and then I would start to recenter my mind, refocus, re-meditate, and it worked. I'm telling you. The anxiety-ridden Mexico vacation, that would have happened in 2017, around this same time. I did not sleep for an entire week because of this same thing. 
the anxiety that I experienced that night. And I really think now that I'm making myself think about it, I really think it's from like the heightened state of relaxation and my mind not knowing how to handle that, right? Not knowing how to handle that freedom. And so then it goes into overdrive when I'm going to bed. And, you know, I'm creative. I'm a storyteller. Hello. That's what I do every day. Um, And so my mind would go into overdrive storytelling. I am telling you the amount of ways that I dreamt up my own death on that trip to Mexico. And then again this weekend on our trip to (laughs) South Dakota. Um, It's a lot of things. It's a lot of ways to dream up one's death. But I think here was the first time that I had called on this heightened sense of mental awareness, that I had called on intentional meditation to call me back from this anxiety place, right? And I was using practices that I had used before, but I had never used them in this way as a way to calm my my anxiety and call myself back into the present moment versus escaping into an anxious moment or into an unrealistic dream state where I was at. And it was hard. I still didn't, I didn't sleep all that well, but this was the first time that I had been able to escape that anxiety. And I think it was like clearly stating my intention, clearly stating that anytime that a noise came in, it really was someone trying to distract me from the heightened mental state that I was capable of. I deemed myself capable of escaping this anxiety. And then I deemed anyone trying to distract me from that the enemy, of course, because I couldn't just put some like nice title on them. They're the enemy at this point. And that sort of released me into this heightened space where I allowed no distractions. I allowed no reprise from this higher mental escape method. And I don't know. I don't, I know that it worked for me. I know that clearly setting that intention, that really rallying my mind around escaping this place finally put me at ease and allowed me to sleep. And I have struggled on vacation with this every single time. And this is the first time that I was able to escape in a non-medicinal way. So I didn't use alcohol or anything. I don't know. But I was damn sure that I wasn't going to be an imposter. As always, you're smart, you're strong, you're beautiful. What are you going to do? Change the Hey, want to check out more on the death of a dream and on me, your 
post. Uh, you can head over to hannahnuss.com. That's where you'll find everything, everything that there is to know about me, the work that I do, and about where the death of a dream comes from. We have blog posts there. You can sign up for the newsletter, which is basically just a guide on how you navigate through the things that we talk about every week. So head over there. You can also find all of my beautiful guests over on my Instagram. We have YouTube. We have the book. We got all the things. If you want to connect, you have questions, you need more help than we've given you on the podcast, go ahead and head over there. I'd love to connect with you.